This is the Mind Your Business podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mind Your Business podcast. Uh, my name is Matt Williams. I run Cypher, a modern accountancy business in Oxford, and I am joined by my partner in crime, the amazing Alan Clark, who runs Exponential Coaching. And um, we were just talking about how life's better if you're smiling, isn't it, Alan? How are you doing today? I am very well. I'm very well. And you're absolutely right. It is actually impossible to feel anxiety when you are smiling. There you go. Try it out, everyone. Wow, there you go. I mean, I had this conversation with my daughter. I said, stop being in a grump. Just be awesome instead. About 50% of the time it works. Anyway, how's your week been then, Alan? Have you still smashing life in the business coaching world? Yeah, I'm having a, a lovely week. I have done a, a lot of coaching. I am continuing to work on my energy levels and my fitness levels. And as I was saying to you right at the start there, I've taking back up tennis again and I had a really good game last night I won't tell you the score but I got to every ball and that's a good start so yeah I'm in good shape thank you excellent I imagine you're one of those annoying tennis players that you have to actually beat that don't make any mistakes they just always get the ball back and make the other person beat them it's exactly that and my serve is very weak but what it does do it gets over the net and lands in the right box and that stresses people out because they've got to hit it back so you're absolutely right and I've realized I've got this cute backhand I don't quite know how I do it that seems to just drop over the net and again irritates people highly so that that's that's me and my tennis that's that's the mind your business tennis pod It's funny because we were we had our team away day yesterday. So everyone in our team, we have an employee of the month, and um, whoever wins employee of the month gets to pick our away day for the month. And uh, this week we went um, and played rounders in the park. I haven't played rounders since I was at school, but I was surprisingly good. I'm going to put that out there on the pod. My team lost, but I don't feel that was necessarily down to the, down to my efforts. Um, it was just the way that just the way it kind of fell. It was a really close game. But anyway, it's got a lot of love for rounders. But, but I know I tell you what though, and I know we're gonna get into it, but there is something I think cathartic about hitting a ball very hard. Hundred so. percent. Do you know it's quite interesting because um Sam in my team has one employee of the month this month and he's trying to find one of these um I know they're big in America. You can basically go to an, like an industrial unit where there's like an old scrap car and then they give you a load of sledgehammers and you get to whack car into like into smithereens basically that's what he wants to do is our away day so i feel that says a lot about the stress levels in our business making <laughs> but there we go right that is a lot of waffle because we always run out of time and we spent 10 percent of our time waffling about tennis so alan what are we talking about today my friend okay so we've not talked about this directly before and i think it's a it's a, it's a brilliant topic to get into. We've recently done the trilogy on growth. Then we had Marcus last time. I think it's time to connect with the word abundance. So for an entrepreneur, business owner, the abundance mindset, what actually is the abundance mindset? How can it help? And what is its opposite? 
and and really get into a, a, a conversation around that. I, I think this is going to be a cracking subject. So so you mentioned there. Let's 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 lay the the rules of the game out then. I guess so. We've got on one side of the scale the abundance mindset, and I've just read a book about that had a bit of this in it. So I'm going to talk you through a story in a bit. Abundance mindset on one side. What's the opposite of that then, Alan? I would say the opposite of abundance mindset is scarcity mindset. I think that's okay. a decent yin and yang for this podcast. Okay, perfect. And have you got an example that you can give us or an ex- you know, a, a definition? You love a definition. Or would you like me to say, to say the story in my book, which kind of explains it neatly? Yeah, go for go for your story. I am I am not near Google at the moment to do a quick definition check, but you know, go with your story. So I will give credit to the author of this book because I don't want to just rip off his stuff. So it's a book called Untapped, and the author is James Ashford. He talks about the abundance mindset and the scarcity mindset. In his example, is um, every business owner is looking for diamonds, right? Diamond clients, diamond customers. The ones that you do, you know, they, they they take. They may need a bit of polishing, but actually, once you found a diamond customer, they're going to earn you a lot of profit, be good as gold, build a relationship, etc. And as you know, if you're an educated man. Diamonds are found in the ground, in rocks, right? So if you're looking along the ground, all you're going to see, you're not going to see a load of diamonds scattered across the ground. You're going to see a load of rocks and a scarcity mindset. Default position is all they can see is the rocks and an abundance mindset is all they can see is the diamonds within those rocks. And then the effort that every business owner puts in is that chipping away all of those rocks to turn them into diamonds. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely does. Absolutely does. There is, there is a, there's a, can I build on that with a completely different one? But it, it just, yeah. The, Right. So Michelangelo was credited with uh, a quote, something like this. So he did, we all know he did a lot of painting and design, but he also did sculpture. And there's a quote that he gives where he sees, he was talking about marble and somebody was saying, like, what, what, what do you, what do you, how do you do what you do with the marble? It's, you're an absolute genius, but how do you do it? And he says, I see the angel in the marble and I chip away to set it free. That's what he said. They're very, very similar. That's exactly it, right? Everything starts as a lump of marble and you've got to turn it into your sculpture or your uh, diamond. I'm a bit sad because when you said Michelangelo, I was expecting a quote from the Ninja Turtle, which kind of says probably the levels of our intellect, if nothing else. So, okay. So why is it important then for a business owner to cultivate this abundance mindset as a starter for three that's let's have that as our question it sounds like you've got an answer already so i will shut up i i no no not at all i do i do have an answer and it appeared in our first part of our trilogy on growth if you don't have an abundance mindset or if it's a a three or a four out of ten you are limiting the possibility of yourself and your business so for a starter for ten you're limiting. So it's important to have, to work on and demonstrate an abundance mindset if you are interested in being more unlimited than limited. So the analogy we gave in that that podcast was the, the horticultural one about the size of the pots. If you have a small pot, and you've you've bought a, a plant in the garden center and you keep it in the soil pot it will stay the same size 
it's restricted. Growth is scarce. If you go for an abundance mindset, you put it in a much bigger pot, you give it the space and it grows. So that that is the first thing. Abundance is um, correlated to growth and expansion and possibility. Scarcity, whilst might be useful at times in absolute survival, is all about survival. And in many ways, not even survival, because ultimately there's no growth, there's no life, it dies. So that that's my starter for three. I love that. So it's the same as, have you heard about that experiment that was done with the fleas? Have you heard of this? So no, a flea no, can jump. No. I think the average flea, and I'm not known for my flea stats, but the average flea can jump, I think, something like three metres high. And so mm-hmm. what they did, they took a colony of fleas, a group of fleas, these scientists, and they put them in a jar with a paper lid. So the, the fleas could only jump 30 centimetres and they'd hit the, hit the ceiling and drop back down. And they left them in there for a week. And then they kept jumping, kept hitting the paper, kept landing. No fleas were harmed during the experiment. And then after a week, they let them free. But that entire colony of fleas never jumped above 30 centimetres again. Irrelevant the fact that they're in these big wide open spaces now and they could jump as far as they want only took a week for them to kind of reprogram their brain and then that was it and the offspring of those fleas also hindered that that is incredible i mean that's staggering we need to ponder about that at the moment so physically they had the capability of jumping three feet but mentally not so and that also passed on to their children and that's it and they've they've put this limit artificial limit doesn't make any sense because if they can look around they can see they can jump back to three meters but they've been beaten down effectively in life and that's like you know they've had someone else's kind of ceiling placed on them and that was it and so that and that's easy to happen if if you're a business owner right i always remember when i set my business up 99 percent of the people that i spoke to said oh you're going to smash it this is the best decision you'll ever make. You'll look back in six months and life will be great. And one person said, I'm not sure I'd have done that if I were you, that you had a nice, secure job. You should have stuck with that. And I always took that. Mm-hmm. And we've had conversations and we joke about it now with, with because it's a member of my family. And um, mm-hmm. he was the only one. And I don't know if he was the only one that was brave enough to say what he thought or if he's he's got this built-in scarcity mindset. And he'd, to be fair to him, He'd, this was, he had a very successful business that he ran himself that he lost during the credit crunch for reasons outside of his control. And I think that's probably scarred him to never want to run a business again. But he was the only person that came to me. And, and it, that feels like everyone else is looking at the abundance side, what can happen. And he, he from experience, but had said, no, I wouldn't do that if I were you. you you're, you're crazy doing that with a young family. You should stick where you are. Yeah. And I remember yeah. thinking, wow, no. No one's ever said that, like no, and no one has since said that. But that's the scarcity mindset, right? It's kind of protect. It's 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 not yeah. it's not small narrow mindedness. It's like your brain is protecting you, isn't it? It's yeah. There you go. It's it is. It's a it, it's a limited mindset. It's a limited mindset. It serves a purpose, and and it usually is to keep you safe. And um, Mark is talking about comfort zone growth outside comfort zones similar um to somebody in the scarcity mindset 
for somebody talking about the abundance mindset can sometimes sound unbearable, uh, foolhardy, etc. But the bit that they are missing is the fact that you don't need to be reckless in an abundance mindset. You know, I'm, I'm, we've talked about scale before. You can take a controlled scale, you know, to approach to life and to your business. You can scale up. You can level up. doesn't need to be foolhardy. It doesn't mean to be I'm putting all my money on red. Uh, it doesn't need to be that at all. But without the abundance mindset, you lose the possibility for expansion. You just can't think like that. You can't think what is possible in the next three years. You just can't. It's closed off. Yes, Alan. The possibility is the key word there, right? So let's go back to our diamonds and rocks. Mm -hmm. So we've established that a diamond customer doesn't look like a diamond customer. They look like a rock. And that the abundance mindset, the first step of it is seeing that possibility that this rock could be that diamond client. The next part of this abundance mindset is having the tools and the ability to polish and chip away at that rock to turn it into a diamond. And not everyone is going to have that on day one. And sometimes you're going to chip away and realize it's not a diamond underneath, I think is key to understand. But the abundance mindset will not take that to heart and will keep chipping away at the next one, right? Not, what's the word, don't get too low, don't get too high, right? Mm -hmm. I think the other thing is that sometimes <clears throat> what's a diamond to eat, I found this a few times because I think I've got an abundance mindset. I am, um, see the possibility in everything is, mm -hmm. is my kind of default position in life. There's nothing more frustrating than finding a rock where you can see the potential and the possibility of it being a diamond and getting halfway through the the mining process and then kind of it's something going wrong and then becoming a diamond for someone else and then the abundance mindset again is and there's a point to this if that happens are you then like devastated that you didn't get the diamond or which i think is back to scarcity or are you abundance and you know what fair play there's more than enough diamonds out there let them go off and you know, let them go and be with whoever they're supposed to be with and we'll find the next rock and find the next diamond that's right for us. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, ab absolutely. Um, I, you know, I, I'm sharing some stories here and, and, and reinforcing the point. There is that the very, very famous book written by Napoleon Hill that you may or may not have read and it's called Think and Grow Rich. And it was written in 1938 and it's not yet come out of the top 10 bestsellers for self-help books. Now, wow. the language is pretty, and it's, I know, it's quite, there's quite a story, actually, in that Andrew Carnegie, who was America's Richard Ma Richard, ugh, richest man at the turn of the last century, employed, basically hired Napoleon Hill to go and find out from the top 500 wealthiest Americans what, how they did it. And the idea was to contain a, a, a sort of playbook that everyone could pick up and go. But what it is, it's very, very uh, heavy on the abundance mindset, as we would call it. I think there's 13 steps. But there's one story, right? And it, it just, just in that, and th th these are true stories. They've been corroborated. But in the, in the gold rush, late 1800s, right, uh, there was a lot of Americans clearly going to 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 earn a lot of money by finding gold. And one in particular um, spent a lot of money, a lot of money in a part of the States and didn't quite 
get it, you know, didn't quite get it. And after eight months, I think, ran out of money. He just ran out of money. And what he did was um, he basically just sold his stuff for the as much money as he could get, all the kit. Somebody bought it and came up. And the first thing this person did was hire a geologist, an expert in seams, mine seams. And the the what in this in this story, the seam was three foot from where the previous guy had stopped digging. Yeah. Right. And that's the phrase three foot from gold, right? And it's used in businesses and it comes from that story. But the guy that sold that sold it and lost a fortune by being three foot short had an abundance mindset. He could have easily just, I mean, ended it all, quite frankly. But he went back and he learned his lesson about perseverance. That's the lessons he got. And he started what is now the the largest American insurance company. And he started it straight after. He took about six months and went again. And he 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 actually either reinvented or invented the entire American insurance company, created the largest, and was even richer than he would have been if he'd found all that gold. And that's that's the spirit of the abundance mindset. That's exactly it, right? Okay. Do do you think it's possible to train your brain more towards an abundance mindset? So if you're set, if someone's listening to our podcast, and they're natural, I mean, we're not like it's easy, I think, to assume that people with an abundance mindset are happy, smiley, go lucky people. People with a scarcity mindset are doom and gloom mongers. I don't think that's the case at all. I think no. it's just literally no. a how how you see possibilities and stuff do you think it's possible someone's there and resonating that they don't necessarily have a natural abundance mindset and i think that's probably normal i say i say normal in inverted commas when we're talking mm-hmm. about anything mental mm-hmm. because i don't think everything's mm-hmm. nothing's yeah, normal yeah. right is it possible i will mm-hmm. finish this question is it possible to move more towards an abundance mindset if you're naturally at a scarcity mindset default yes it is it is entirely possible and that's the answer. It's entirely possible and it's challenging depending on what experience you've had in life, your your perception of life, your perception from the situation that you're in and behaviours up to date. The, the, the more entrenched that is from, from life in a scarcity mindset as we're, as we're, we're, we're simplifying it here because there's a range, of course, there is. But, you know, the, the, of course, the harder it is However, it is, it is entirely possible for you to start to change the way you perceive your situations. You know, I think that's right. Yeah. I think you start there and then expands from there. When I've got a, I've got a trick that, that may help with this. I hadn't really thought about this before the podcast, but way back when I, I used to do telesales for a business. Um, and my job was, and it's the worst job in the world. Like I don't, I defy anyone to come up with a worse job than cold calling telesales, right? Mm. Um, but that was what I was tasked to do. And the person that was kind of doing it with me, my manager, I guess, had said, "Well, it's, don't get most people are not interested in what you're ringing. You're, you're interrupting their day. They don't know who you are. They don't know who the product is or the the company is. Most people." are going to say no and put the phone down some people are going to get aggressive and rude or try and take the mickey or whatever every time you get a no 
just know that that's one closer to getting a yes. You need, for every 80 no's that you get, you'll get one sale. And that's what we're after. So you ring your day up, and what you've got to try and do is get to 240 no's. Because if you get to 240 no's, that means you'll have had three sales during the day, and that's what we're targeted. So ring up the phone, and every time someone says no, brilliant, tick them off the list, ring the next one, get another no. And that's the... And that I feel that feels like abundancy scarcity mindset in action, right? Yeah, yeah. It's I've heard that before actually, and um, I think there's actually a book in it called uh, a book out there called "Yes Lives in the Land of No." And there you go, right? And it's very, it's it's that, and I think you're absolutely right. I think that that takes courage to start with and you could see the scarcity mindset would just turn it just too tarif- terrifying to contemplate and ten calls and that. that's right 10 knockbacks and i'm done i want another job but if the game is actually literally it's 200 calls and you'll have three because we've cut the numbers and that's the conversion rate uh all we're asking we is that you get two, that's right and suddenly you're right i've done 15 uh-huh. yeah so yeah, sorry. Yeah, typically, done, you'd have a board no, where you'd write the sales down, right? So you would normally be yeah. ringing a bell, but it was the other way. Like every time you got to ten no's, you went and ticked a box on the board, and it was like a race uh-huh. to get to eighty. Um, it's a completely different mindset, but it, it definitely worked for me. Oh. Like I I remember thinking, okay, and it pretty much worked out. Some days you'd get four yeses, and some days you only get two. But generally, the, the you know they knew their stats, and therefore it works. And and that was a trick that. I used very early on in my career. I, I still keep that with me now. My conversion rates are much better than one in 80, but I know what my conversion rate is when I'm with a new client. And I know that if I get, you know, X amount of no's, it means that I've got X amount of yeses at the same time. And so it's, you cherish the no's as much, right? Mm. But it's, uh, yeah. So there we go. So that's a trick that we could use. I love the fact mm. that there's a book written about that and you know the book. Like that, that kind of sums us up, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, we're, we, we're well read, sir. We're well read. I, I read it. I, I've heard the term before and I read the book six months ago or something like that. And it's called Yes, Yes Lives in the Land of No. And I, I really, um, I used that actually with a, somebody within fundraising uh, in a coaching session about seven months ago. And she she loved it, and 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 it was exactly what you just said. The game then was to run into the land of no and find the yeses. But to find the yeses, you had to find the nos, and there was more nos than yeses. And then when you get that, you go right. Of course there is. Right. Okay. Let's get through the nos, and that's fine. And I can actually be daily. Back to how you started this podcast, I can smile with the nose. I can actually have fun with the nose because I know that I'm getting nearer the yes because I've had another no, you know. And and that that is you hear that call to the first time you go what? Uh, but of course, actually, it is an example of the abundance mindset. You know, it's it's absolutely you keep going and you will get what you want out of doing that. So I I, I do love it. It's, thank you for sharing. Uh, and the alternative is that, that last 30 seconds of you to saying yes and no repeatedly and take it as an out of context trailer to our next podcast. I'm sure we'll get thousands <laughs> of bits on it. So, the other thing I thought would be useful talking about with this abundance mindset is that if you, if you know what a diamond looks like to you, because it will look different to every business owner. This perfect mythical unicorn client is different for every business owner in every industry. So for my, you know, 
me in an accountancy business, my diamonds will look different to John's accountancy business down the road, right? Understanding exactly what your perfect diamond client looks like and then understanding why, I think this is the really important bit, why if they're not a diamond client and they're not just a, a diamond client that's currently in a rock form, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So we've uncovered them and they're just not a diamond, they're a lump of coal or they're a, I don't know, emerald or a ruby or whatever other precious metal it is that isn't what we want understanding that it's right to let them go we've had this conversation so many times but there's an abundance of diamond every you know unless you've you've fundamentally got a business plan that doesn't work there will be an abundance of diamond clients for every business owner there's enough business to go around that's the default my default position whenever i'm talking if if you're on this pursuit abundance mindset pursuit of diamond clients should you have 60 percent diamonds and 30 percent emeralds even though we know that we can yes we can do some work for the emeralds but they're not diamonds and they're never going to be diamonds or do we fill up the gap basically do we have our 60 percent diamond clients and the other clients are rocks that we don't know what they are yet but we're trying to chip away to get them to be diamonds and then if they're not, so once they get to that point and we uncover whatever it is they are, are we better off as business owners politely finding them a better solution where they're, to somewhere where they are considered a diamond and opening up some more capability for us to to work, to work find more rocks or more diamonds? Oh, that's a great question, isn't it? Um, how I would answer that there is it depends on what your goal is at that time. Right. So, and this can still be abundance mindset. So imagine I've started off and my first year, I want to turn over 120,000 pounds, right? And I'm starting from nothing. So I go out into the world and usually, we've talked about this before, usually in year one, you're slightly amazed people actually want to pay you. And, and and that's that's a great start. Every customer is a rock because you have um, no idea what a right. diamond looks that, like. That's right. So so you're filling your your calendar, you're filling your business, your customers, your shop, your whatever it is with rocks. Um, but the abundance mindset is that you you go out and you get more rocks because you want to deliver that that target, and then it goes to maybe two fifty in year two, and you know. By that time, you start to really understand the industry you're in, the client you're in, the possibilities, how good you are. And then I would say you, the, the, the abundance mindset would be, well, hold on a minute. With 20% of our customers are now diamonds. And actually, they love what we do. And actually, at truth, we get more energy. We get more enjoyment from working with diamonds. So, so actually, then the abundance mindset becomes right. We, 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 we want more diamonds and less uh, unrefined rocks or emeralds. And then you're absolutely right. It's, it's working out how to bring in more diamonds um, and, and, and the, the unrefined rocks or the emeralds can go elsewhere. But the other thing, of course, is playing on is, the, the, and this is me bringing it back to why the scarcity mindset kicks in is that the numbers are really important, you know? The, the revenue, the profit is really important, and that's scarcity then kicks in quite a lot at that time. But but the abundant mindset uh, is in definitely in that space. It helps you to 
really reach and overcome your milestones you know get past your milestones is the abundance mindset it's it's yeah okay we're gonna run out of time i want to talk about one more thing which is that you should never never judge i think abundance mindset comes into never prejudging a conversation or a potential opportunity so uh, we we won our biggest ever client last month i don't think i've told the story on the podcast we won our biggest ever client and they came through the web chat on our website i'm going to give a shout out to milu mm-hmm. uh, who run the web chat on our biz- on our website because they are absolute gems while we're talking of diamonds no <laughs> pun intended and um anyway this this biggest client came through our web chat but they came through in a really odd way and i think it, i don't know quite what happened but it was a very confusing conversation for both parties and we ended up getting a message from the guy who runs the web chat business who's a client of ours saying we've got a basically we've got a live one on the website here he's very grumpy with us we don't know quite what's happened the conversation spiraled down and he's not very happy at all and we're trying to book him a discovery uh the web chat guys just salamar called him on monday so because it was 10 to 5 and we we were just about to go into a meeting monday comes around and about 10 past 9 in the morning this chat's back on our website on our web chat saying you haven't rang me yet you said you were going to ring me and and i remember thinking and and, and then he rang emily and you know, i picked up the phone had a lovely conversation with this guy he was perfectly pleasant he just he'd been confused more than angry and grumpy but in text you can't tell someone's tone had a discovery call with him next week signed him up biggest client our biggest client by a long long way and all because the the web chat guys did a professional job but i could have easily said to emily just bin him off he sounds like a waste of time he's not a diamond and in fact he is but we could have prejudged that my if i was scarcity mindset not abundance and seeing the possibilities we could easily have, have binned him off before he ever got to our door and that's that word again possibility i think that's a key part of it is wanting to see the possibilities and and you know there was a customer that was hanging on then persevering uh demanding and you know and, and you connected and you had that conversation and and look what's happened so yeah abundance mindset i know we're at 33 minutes right there, there isn't there's loads of ways to demonstrate what one one quick one quick one i found um is to spend even 30 minutes to to dream about a five-year plan where do you want to be in five years what would you think your life will look what would you like your life to look like in five years what would you like your business to look like in five years and and usually the abundance mindset kicks in automatically usually it's it's bigger it's more expansive it's more exciting um all the things that you hope uh in your life are actually in this and then you can connect with that you can dream about that and that's really really powerful because then that that starts to really encourage you to go after stuff in the short term to create that and that's like five years you can do it with three years you can do it 12 months so that's where uh, that sort of thinking i think is everyone can do it pen and paper half an hour and suddenly you're in dreamland and you go well actually i i really want that and that encourages a, an abundance mindset as well. For me, the genius about the abundance mindset, you, you, you just flow towards that. And, and then suddenly it's there. It's like a, you just bought a map that you didn't have 30 seconds ago and you can see as, as clear as day the destination you want to get to. 
and it's very exciting and it's very appealing and and you you start walking in that direction that's the abundancy mindset okay brilliant well look we've gone on a bit longer than normal but i feel like the conversation warranted it so i'm not going to apologize for producing more content so we've had a really interesting conversation then abundancy mindset understanding what's a diamond for you and that they live in rocks and being able to see the diamonds and the potential and the possibilities that's what the abundant mindset's all about okay so that's all for me and alan this week we will be back next week with more podcast gold for now that's all for me and it's all for my friend alan and actually maybe next week it will be podcast diamonds goodbye this is the mind your business podcast